Hey, are you here? Whoa, yes, you are there. You are. I see you. I hear you. Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. What you're about to hear is an audio artifact recorded in Boston, that's in Massachusetts, for a radio broadcast in 2009. Paul E. Leslie was the first American radio guy to interview Ilo Ferreira, a singer-songwriter of immense talent. So, Ilo Ferreira is from a group of islands off the coast of West Africa that formed the nation of Cabo Verde, or as we call it, Cape Verde. Cape Verde has a strong Portuguese influence and a vibrant music scene. It was in 2006 when singer-songwriter Jimmy Buffett and friends were in Cape Verde hoping to meet the legendary singer of Morna, Cesaria Evora. Well, joining him on this adventure was Chris Blackwell of Island Records, who made Bob Marley world famous. Also, Tom Preston of MTV Renown and author and entertainment executive Bill Flanagan. And one night at Cape Verde Restaurant, Ilo Ferreira got up on the small stage to sing and play his guitar. Buffett and his friends became enamored with the young singer, not just his voice, but also by his original songs. On September 8, 2007, Jimmy Buffett welcomed Ilo Ferreira to perform as a special guest at the Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. The thousands in attendance responded immediately to Ilo. In the next year, Elo began recording songs in the studio produced by Nashvilleian Tony Brown and Muscle Shoals Alabamian Mac McAnally. Now, these days, Elo Ferreira is still performing in the USA and elsewhere. He joined Paul to talk about his life and his debut EP entitled Elo, released on Mailboat Records. This interview was recorded June 26th 2009 in Boston, Massachusetts, the city where Elo was first heard by an American audience. You'll hear Elo Ferreira's incredible story. Elo proves great music transcends language, nationality, and age. And speaking of age, this show has been on the air for more than 18 years, and you can help keep us there. Keep the Paul Leslie Hour going. Simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And we thank you. Now, at long last, this interview sees the light of day. I'm going to basically write with my answers and it will be my side. Okay. Okay. Right. It's uh, like a school test. Yeah. You, you just have you have the notes. All right. It is with great pleasure that we welcome our special guest, Mr. Elo Ferreira. Mr. Elo Ferreira has come a long way to sing here in Boston tomorrow night. So first of all, thank you very, very much for making the time to do this interview with us today. Well, this is all my pleasure. Mr. Ferreira, I was hoping you could tell us about your early life in Cape Verde. 
for someone who has never been to Cape Verde, what is it like? Well, I grew up as a very normal kid. Uh, I finished my high school and I went to Brazil where I, I was educated for to be an engineer. Well, during the time in high school, I always played at home, either alone or with some friends of mine from the, my neighborhood or class colleagues, and participated in a few events and some TV appearance. Well, for someone who never been to Cape Verde, depending on where you are coming from, the first impression is that it might look, it might looks like a kind of dry country, but as you stay by, you will definitely note of its great people, culture, and great countryside, as well as good beaches. Well, there we have a very simple life, and with some not much sophistication, where people live their life happy and almost with no stress. What types of music did you listen to growing up? Well, uh... I heard a lot of people. I had a very strong influence from the America music like Creedence, Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, soul music, and also Beatles. Well, in general, rock and roll. Very good. What was the time you spent in Sao Paulo, Brazil like? Were you exposed, were you exposed to a lot of new music there? Well, Brazil is a very beautiful country, and I had a very great period of my life there. I've met a lot of great people and made some great friends. During this period, I had the opportunity to be in touch with its great culture and great music. But mostly, more than ever, I was exposed to the rock and roll I grew up listening to, and it hit me just like a wake wake-up call and definitely that's when I decided to be a musician instead of an engineer. Music runs in your family. I know that one of the songs on the EP of yours has a song. Uh, it's a song that your father wrote and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but tell us about your father, Vladimiro Ferreira. Oh yes, almost there. Valdemiro Ferreira. <laughs> well, uh, definitely he's responsible for the rock music I grew up with. I became fan of all his rock idols. Uh, well, my father, he makes his living out of the shipping business, but as a human being, he's a natural musician, a great songwriter who have wrote some of our great songs. He has so many great songs that only few people know that even him can't remember, especially the songs that he wrote when I was just a kid. Uh, I have one of his songs in my album named Get the People Together, and there's so many other songs I intend to bring to the attention of the world. Well, today he plays once in a while in the bars back there in Cape Verde, uh, and he did become a national brand when the shoe is Carnival, with most of our Carnival songs written by him. I didn't give you any warning. 
about this question, but I'd like to know about the carnival. Well, the carnival, it's a great, I mean, it's a great uh, party time that we have back there in Cape Verde, and we have a strong influence from the Brazilian culture. And, I mean, it's a really big deal for us, the carnival, and uh, it's almost three weeks of parties every weekend. And, I mean, it's fantastic. I like it very much. <laughs> what inspires you to write songs? Well, it's kind of hard to say. It comes naturally, and... Most of the time, all I need is a few minutes in front of a software, music software, or, or being touched just with me and my guitar. Uh, but sometimes when I'm concentrated, when I'm studying something, when I'm learning something, and I, sp I spend a few times concentrated, focus in that thing, if I find a way to escape out of that thing and start playing i kind of i tend to write songs right away i don't know but that's what happened the inspiration just kind of hits you when someone listens to your recorded music or when you perform live what do you want the audience to get from the experience i expect to take the the audience to the place where i first experienced that song well, that's a great answer. When you met Mr. Jimmy Buffett and his friends, what was your impression of Jimmy? Well, I got to tell you that I didn't know much about Jimmy Buffett. And that night, uh, luckily, we had a jam section. And uh, as Jimmy Buffett started playing, uh I definitely become a, a great fan of Jimmy Buffett in that in that right moment because I could recognize in him the songs that I grew up listening to. And something that is very interesting that, uh, is that after meeting Jimmy Buffett, I went to the internet searching for, I mean, tried to know a little bit more about him. And I found out that he wrote one of the songs that I first tried to sing in English without even knowing knowing the language, which is La Vie Dansant, recorded by, uh, I think, Aaron Neville. And, I mean, that was just fantastic for me, you see. And Jimmy Buffett, that night, that, that impression that I got from him, from the dinner that we had before the jam section, is that he was really a great guy. I mean, he, by the talk that he had with everybody, I said... To me, this is a great, great human being, and I can see it right now. So why do you think it is that he is so popular here in America and, and in other places? Cool. Jimmy Buffett. Why? Well, I think that the kind of music he, he, he plays is a kind of international music, you know. doesn't matter where you live. It might touch you some, somehow, and I think this is what Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett's music does, and it touched me a bit before even knowing him. So, what do you want to happen with your music? Well, I'd like to reach just 
as many as I can and make them feel just like my idol did and still doing in every step of my life. Great answer. Um, you've gotten a chance to play with a lot of the people in Jimmy's band. And I'm wondering, what do you think about the people that are in Jimmy Buffett's band? Well, I got to tell you that Jimmy has a really great team surrounding him. I mean, everybody's just fantastic. Everybody's very professional and everybody's really, really good, whatever they play it. And for me, it's a pleasure to be in that team. Uh, and I mean, that's amazing. That's just fantastic. And everybody's just happy that every, every, you know, that happy that people see the band enjoying on the stage that is completely natural, you know, uh, and that happiness is coming from the backstage. I mean, that is just fantastic. The first time you played in front of a huge crowd was when Jimmy Buffett brought you here to Massachusetts, I think, uh, to play in front of, it was, I don't know how many thousands of people. Here we are in Massachusetts. So I, I was hoping for all the listeners at home, you can take us through the experience from your own eyes. What is it like walking out on stage and seeing a sea of people with every single eye on you? Well, it was a terrific experience for me. A new world in front of my eyes. Uh, I got a chance to see great rock musicians and uh, the opportunity to see the big engine supporting the big shows. When I got to the stage in front of all those people, my mind stopped. I mean, my world stopped and it starts moving as a slow motion. But luckily... As soon as the songs start, I woke up and I felt really blessed to be there on the stage with them in front of those, I think it was 57,000 people in the stage that day. I gotta tell you that where I live in my, in my island, we have about 70,000 people, so. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you intimidated or afraid at all? Well, I got to tell you that as I step step into the stage, uh, I I tend to focus in a very small amount of people, you know. But in no way I felt intimidated for them. And, I mean, it was really good for me being there singing for all those people. Really great experience. You have recorded an EP that was produced by Tony Brown and Mac McAnally. What was the process of making these recordings like? Well, it was to something totally new for me. And, uh, I mean, uh, Jimmy, Tony, and Mac McNally, they put together a really great band to cut that album for me. I have Mr. Billy Payne playing their piano and keyboards, and also... Uh, I just can't remember. I, ch I think it's Glenn, the name of the bass player. I think he's the ba bass player of Mark Knopfler. So, I mean, and the rest of the band, I'm not sure, but they are, if they are that known, but they are really, really good musicians. And I was just, I was just blew up the way they learned those songs. 
just like that fast they, they're listening to the listening to those songs one or two times and we went to the studio and cut them just perfect you know and uh, and at most uh, three three times but most of the songs we cut them on on the second try so it was something really good for me didn't you record parts of that album at shrimp boats down in key west Oh yes, talking about studios, I had the opportunity to be recording in three studios. One of them, uh, one of them is the the studio in Nashville, which is Blackbird, really good studios studio. The the another studio uh, is the Shrimp Boat Studio, Jimmy Buffett's studio in uh, Key West. That was really fun too. And uh, well, I gotta tell her, I just missed the name of the third studio, which is in Bahamas. And Chris Blackwell used to own that studio, Compass Point. That's right. This is always a tough question to ask people. What is it you like about music? Well. I made my homework, so I gotta tell you this really easy. The places, the thing that I like in music is the places it takes you inside you and the ability to bring to the surface, superface the best of the humankind. Great answer. One of the songs on the album, the first track, is Let Me Love You. Tell us about that song. Well, that song... I wrote it back in Brazil. Actually, I wrote uh, uh, some of the songs I have in this, in this album. I wrote them in Brazil, and that song I wrote it when I was—I mean, it was on my second year in Brazil. And uh, before going to Brazil, I had a girlfriend, a girlfriend that we—I mean, after two years in Brazil. I was living there in Brazil and she was in Cape Verde. We had to split away. And uh, I mean, the, I think that it might had some influence in me because the original name of the song is Searching for My Love. And that's the whole idea of that song. Is is someone, uh, That song is singing, is singing of someone who is running all around the world searching for his love and where it says that every corner every street every human beat heart is a hope for him very lovely one of the songs on the album is a cover of a ben harper song and he's great and that song is lifeline was it your idea to cover that song no, that's what that was Jimmy Buffett's idea, and I gotta tell you that I fell in love with that song just as soon as I heard it. I mean, the lyrics is really good, it's really deep, and uh, that's a really good song. But uh, I had to make some change others in that song to put it just like the way I feel things, and that's why we have to change it a little bit. I mean little bit talking about the the timing of that song but it remained pretty much the same and it's a great song and i'm very happy 
to have this Ben Harper song in my album. I know he's a great artist. And there's another cover song on there, Sunny Day. And that's a, one of those songs. If you listen to it, you're, you're sure to be happy just listening to it. And it fits perfect for you. So tell us about that one. Well, this is this song was wrote by Mac McNally, one of those the producer of my album. And uh, Mac came with this song on the first day that we we we've met in Nashville. And the idea of that song was really the really make people happy as he, he told me and me and uh, Tony Brown. And uh, well, that song talks about sunny day and talks about what is really common among all the races and uh, among uh doesn't matter which level of society you live we all smile when there's sunny day i was wanting to i was wondering how many languages do you speak because you're speaking very fluent english it's good english and uh you also i think it's in portuguese there's a, a, a all right well well tell us about first of all the languages you speak and also the song fisherman's song uh well thank you for saying that i speak a good english but uh english is my third language my second language is portuguese and my first language it's Criollo, which is the Cape Verdean language, which is a mix of Portuguese, English, French, and some language from the continent, from the African continent. Well, that song, Fishman's Song, it's a song that talks about the story of the fish, fishman, and probably you have a lot of them here in the United States. In my country, I'm in my country, in the island that I live, there's a street named Streets of the Fishman. And in that streets, you almost can hear any kind of story of fishing men. And that's where comes the inspiration for the, this song. And this particular song, he, he's talking about some, uh, three guys in a bar who, uh, exchanging experience of fishing. And one of them uh, just came with a story that he caught a fish with almost three meters longer and two meters wide which is something really crazy and that's it that's what this song talks about i love asking this question because everybody has something that their mother made them to eat that's different i didn't warn you about this but i love asking this question because i also think it tells a little bit about the person what is your absolute favorite meal to eat <laughs> this is a very funny question especially for me because you know uh i'm really I'm, I'm i think that i am really strange about eating i lived in brazil for six years my first year there i ate on the uh, university restaurant then uh, for the next two years, I ate home, but I found a really nice uh, lady that made my meals. And during the, those two years, I ate chicken, everyday chicken. And then 
on my third year, I discovered picanha, which is a kind of uh, uh, steak in Brazil, which is really, really good. And I fell in love with it and I ate it for next three years. Then I returned back home in 2005 and since 2005 I've been eating chicken almost every day. I don't know, this is me. When I found something that I like, I I started eating that, I mean, just as much as I can. And uh, this is funny because now that I am in the United States, my road manager, Clem, has been watching me that I've been eating hot dogs every day. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm enjoying it this so far but to tell you specifically my my uh, favorite meal it's picanha steak white rice salad and french fries that's it. that's what makes me happy <laughs> i heard the story about uh we didn't really get to to cover this but i'm asking it now uh, i heard the story about when jimmy when you first met him and how he was trying to meet Cesaria Evora, who I just interviewed. Yeah, not here in America, but on the phone. And uh, that's an interesting story. I'm sorry that she didn't go down to meet him, but I'm sure she will next time. So tell us that story. That's a good story. Well, uh, it was a kind of funny story because I know Cesaria since I was really, really really young Cesare before long while before being famous worldwide she used to sing back in Cape Verde and she was a really close friend of my father so she, she used to go to my home at the weekend so uh, I kind of know her for a long time and um, she was living in, in the she used to live in a house next to my home so she was my neighborhood so my my father is a very close friend of her and well i think that cesaria did not see them because probably she didn't know who they were because cesaria has a lot of people coming to her home every day you know just to see her to get i mean her signature and that especially they i think that they didn't know to introduce those fellows to her and that's why she didn't come down to see them but uh, after uh, after their departure my father went to talk to her and she was really really regret for not seeing them and she promised that whenever they got the chance she would see them and um, a few months ago I think Jimmy Buffett just emailed me that he got to meet her in I think that it is some some bath I'm not sure which Saint Bart yeah. probably that's it because she went there for a very private show and Jimmy was in the ch in that show and uh, they got to meet each other there <laughs> my one final question before we leave uh, this special is going out to listeners all over the world what would you Elo Ferreira like to say to all of those people that are listening in well for those i couldn't touch their hearts with my music i will keep on trying but for those i've reached their hearts know that i live with every second 
of joint happiness and peace brought to her their face with my music. That was lovely. Thank you so much for this interview. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I can't wait to hear you sing tomorrow. Thank you very much. The pleasure, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.